Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. This is Dirt and Sprague. Why, Johnny Lingo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. I saw with you, Holiday. I'll beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Play for blood, remember? Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I was just fooling about. I wasn't. The Fan. Portland Sports leader, 1080 The Fan. Your Tuesdays are going great. 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app. It's been a lot of football. A lot of football. We talk about panties to open the show, and now we're talking about football. That's how things have gone here on a Tuesday for us. We'll get to Swag's fandom at some point in the final hour. I do want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys at some point. The Blazers are back in action. I also have a fun Pac-12 football note for you that we are most certainly not going to have time for today. A Pac-12 note? I do have a Pac-12 note. I got to admit, I don't think I saw a Pac-12 note this weekend. I'm going to be glued to the Pac-12 all offseason. Every little sure. nugget, every little note. You know what I'm getting better at is uh, I always see stuff and I forget it immediately. And I'm like, I should bring that up on the show. And I'm like, wait, what did I want to bring up on the show? Usually they are tweets or stats or that kind of stuff. I'm doing a much better job of liking the tweet so mm. I can then go to my profile see and then what see what I like. Yeah. Like, ah, that's right. I wanted to talk about that this week. Look at you doing your job. Look at that, huh? We're grinding over here, baby. We're I, grinding. You say you go to these tweets and you like them. I have to readily admit, we didn't text a whole lot this weekend. I have no clue what you keep <laughs> teasing about a text. So you have, by the way, Millsack coming up in 10 minutes. Get your questions in 503-250-1080. You texted, and I was laughing because it was so spot on. Has a coach ever been the reason his team is in a game while also being the reason his team lost the game? <laughs> More than Mike McDaniel this weekend. Yeah. And I started laughing my ass off because he was brilliant like 75% of the time and you're like yeah that's Mike McDaniel he's over there with a vape pen you see that by the way he had a vape pen on the sideline yeah so many people I missed this actually somebody <laughs> told me about this did it seem like tobacco vape or did it seem like a weed vape pen you couldn't see he had it totally hidden but you could see that he hit a vape but he blew out some big he, amount of smoke he slowly brought his hand up to his mouth yeah Kind of did a double take, and then you could see an inhale, and Look, then the camera cut away before smoke was blown out of his mouth. Some business professionals would not like me saying this. I'm talking to people who work in different sectors of, of the world here. There just are human beings that operate much better when they're high. <laughs> and if you told me Mike McDaniel was wouldn't that surprise way, me at all. I wouldn't bat an eye. I'd go, absolutely. He probably zeroes in on exactly what he wants to do and when he wants to do it. <laughs> The odds are, I think it's tobacco. He had a story written about him. He's kind of a, um, he's kind of a gross hippie. Okay. So when he was making his bones as an assistant up the Shanahan tree, they met in Washington. He notoriously loses track of time. So there's a story that he shared when he got to Miami. His wife called him the day that Tyreek Hill got traded to Miami. Called him and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" He was like, 
I'm actually I'm done for the day. It was like 10 a.m. He goes, let's hang out. And maybe 20 minutes later, his GM calls him and goes, we got Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and he went, oh, God. And he went to his office. He started diving. He started watching tape. He started doing it. His wife called him at 5 o'clock that night and goes, where are you? And he goes, what happened? Oh, yeah, we're supposed to hang out. <laughs> He's He immersed himself into the job. He famously in San Francisco used to work so long hours. Oh. He'd sleep at the facility. He wouldn't shower for like a week. They said he used to stink. He used to smell like somebody who hadn't showered for Dude, a week. Clean yourself up. They'd catch him with heaters outside of his office. Like he'd go smoke a dart and then go back in and break tape down. So the odds are it's tobacco, but I did hear that he did smoke a vape during the game, which is fantastic. Somebody said that vape was a sharp. I don't, I'm not up to on vapes. I don't know what a sharp is. I, I don't want to lie. I don't either. Unless he's saying Sharpie. Maybe maybe it's a Sharpie. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Well, but, but, Isn't there an I? Isn't Sharpie IE? Isn't that how you spell it? Yeah, but somebody had told me that they saw smoke. That's why I, when somebody said, well, hey, it was also cold, too, so maybe it's just breath. You know, it so was maybe like, he was grabbing the cap off the pen or it, something. It could have been. I want to I wanna believe that he smoked a vape pen on the sideline. One of our P1s said I make 100 k a year and I smoke weed all day. Hey, um, shout out to you. Living the life. Every day. But I, it was so funny because his it's, a lot of his play calls were brilliantly designed, especially in the running game, and they created opportunities for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who couldn't catch the ball. And yet, I have never seen a team struggle to get a play in on time. More like it was in every single play was like a MacGruber episode where they're trying to disarm a bomb and they have five seconds to do it. They were breaking. The, they broke the huddle on a fourth and one with like four seconds left on. And the you play knew they clock. weren't getting the game. No the chance playoffs, you're getting yeah. that playoff. I just it was hilarious. That it, it was the brilliant side of it. And I don't know how much of it is third string quarterback communication. Maybe he's got to go go over the plays a couple of times. But I don't think I've ever seen that in an NFL game. Yeah, he had said there were a couple plays that he thought ball placement. Um, you know, game clock not being reset to 25. He thought there was some instances there that transpired that kind of shook things up. My takeaway is this. It, it was like he cost his team. He just did. And I think it's okay to say he's one of the brighter young minds in the league, especially as a head coach. I would bet, if I was to wager, I would bet that that experience and that outcome, he is going to be significantly better. I just, I'm always willing to bet on smart people. Mike McDaniel's uber smart. He either went to Yale or Harvard. He basically majored in something at the university to be a football coach. <laughs> he wasn't a big dude, not a very big physical football type former player. So he he's like, I'm going to use my brain and I'm going to get to the league. He knew it in college and he worked his way up and here he is. I would be willing to wager that a guy like that that experiences game clock malpractice goes through and is much more buttoned up going into next year. But that also doesn't take away the original point. What he was able to get his team to do. With damn a third-string quarterback. Damn near pull off that upset. With a quarterback, by the way, that barely scored nine points against the New York Jets yeah. who were eliminated from playoff contention. I, I thought that was that was really impressive by Mike McDaniel. Conversely, on the other side, I know we talked about Buffalo a little bit. I just want to add, if you're counting a playoff game, and I kind of do because it's still the season. Josh Allen leads the league in picks. He's getting yeah. back to his old Josh Allen ways, yeah. and that's concerning. Again, they might beat Cincinnati this weekend. We'll give more thoughts as the week goes on and how we're feeling about it. But today, I think you can only conclude Buffalo is inconsistent and hard to fully trust because they're great quarterback, they're MVP-type quarterback. I think this year has taken a bit of a step back with turnovers, and he – 
He's just putting the ball in harm's way too much. He's gotta he's gotta learn, and I don't know what it's gonna take to get him there, that like not every play has to be your Super Bowl. Like it's what makes Josh Allen great and what makes him struggle at the same time. What makes him great is his ability to extend and throw one of those, as you were talking about in the last segment, the flick of the wrist bomb 40 yards, 50 yards down the field on the money. And you're like, oh my God, that's incredible. There's two quarterbacks maybe in the NFL that can do that. But at the same time, his kryptonite is on those plays. He always he always tries to do that. He always tries to be the hero. I think a great example of that is their opening drive of the second half where you're in a tight game somehow, some way against Miami, and you get the ball, and on the first play, Romo's ranting and raving. He's ready to explode in the second half, and here comes Josh Allen. Opening play, he gets sacked, and he instead of just going down and saying, hey, I think it was on first down, maybe second down, but instead of just saying, hey, take the sack, nothing's going to happen on this play, he tries to fight through it, tries to extend the play. What happens? He drops the ball, they scoop and score, it, and it's a touchdown. It's little stuff like that that will end up costing you in a big game. I feel like he needs to take the step that the Mahomes has kind of taken over the last year plus, and that is when defenses are going to defend you the way that they are, and that's always with two high safeties. They know Buffalo can't really run the football. The game plan against Buffalo defensively is what? You want to take away the explosive pass plays, make them dink and dunk, make them go underneath, make them have a 14-play drive to score a touchdown. I don't know if he has the discipline right now to do that. And Mahomes last year, remember, he went through that like five, six-week window. Everybody's like, what's wrong with Mahomes? Because he just wants to gun it. He's got this rocket launcher for an arm. It's what he did against Cincinnati in the second half. It's why it cost him. Exactly. Like, I don't want to just throw four yard outs and hitches and you know hit my back out of the backfield. This is boring. I want to chuck the ball down the field, but defenses don't want to give that to you. They want to take that away, and he just needs to learn to take his medicine, and I think he'll be fine. But this has been a problem for them all year that his turnovers – now, to be fair on his part – he has no running game to help him. So None. there's times it feels None. like he has to do everything on his own. He was sacked seven times in this game too, which is another example of him just trying to make a play on every play instead of just throwing it away. Uh, but he, he's got to cut down on those turnovers. We can get to that in the, com- in the coming days, but you got a Buffalo team that defensively I don't think is feeling great right now that is limping in, and then you have a Bengals team that's at least currently without three of their five starting offensive linemen. And there is the chip in the shoulder aspect for Cincinnati because if they don't have that game canceled on Monday night and they win, guess where this game is this weekend? It's in Cincinnati. So they feel kind of slighted like, hey. I, I would feel slighted if I was Cincinnati. They were up early. Now, again, yeah. it was first quarter, so yeah, yeah, yeah. long ways right. to go in that game. But they were they came out rocking in that game, yet they have to go on the road in the divisional round. But to your point, I mean, they have to clean up the turnovers if they want to beat not only Cincinnati this week, but then probably Kansas City in the AFC title. So I was trying to look up. Uh, give me a second here. I'm trying to find. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me do this real quick. We're looking I, for a stat for a yeah, note. I was looking for a stat. Okay, damn it. <laughs> you should have liked it. That's what you got to do. You got to no, like the it, stat. It wasn't a tweet. So it stays in your Hold timeline. On. Give me a second. All Just right. keep talking. Give All me right. one sec. I got it. I'll keep talking. Well, I, the other part there of it. it is. Okay, you got it. Okay, sorry. Uh, so shut up now. <laughs> so I was looking up yards per game because I am curious. Like when you can't run the football, mm-hmm. you see the common theme here right now, right? Dallas, San Francisco, Philly, the Giants. The Giants. They can run the football. I know Cincinnati struggled. We know Cincinnati from time to time. They can run the football. Mm-hmm. Like, you're seeing that's a big deal here. I was trying to look up small, uh, fewest amount of yards per game from a Super Bowl champion just to see what Buffalo is kind of dealing with here. I think we have found 2014, the Patriots averaged 82.7 yards okay. per game on the ground. Uh, right now, Buffalo, just from a yards per game stat, 
139 and a half. Well, a lot of that is aided by Josh Allen. A lot of that is aided. I mean, they actually statistically average more yards on the ground than San Francisco. Yeah. But if we're talking true running game, I think that changes the, the game here. Yes. Singletary was their leading running back rusher. He had 48 yards. 48 yards. So, you know, Allen's, you have to count the legs because, right, if it was Lamar, we would do it. When it was Vic, we do it. It is part of their running game. But you always worry about your running your your quarterback being put in that position, taking those hits. I just I'm going to be interested to see what Cincinnati does this weekend at Buffalo, especially if Buffalo is trailing at any one point. Allen's just he's turnover prone right now. He can't stop himself, as you mentioned. He's going for that home run ball. He needs to learn to dink and dunk. I feel like if he's not getting a pass to Diggs or Davis for 15 yards, he's turning the ball over, or they're or punting, sacked, or yeah. he's getting or he's getting sacked. Yeah. So. You got to value the fo- the possessions there, and right now they're just not getting a lot on the ground from the running backs. All right, we got one other wild card game we haven't talked about yet, and that was the snoozer last night, but noteworthy nonetheless. The Maher ex- <laughs> missing the PATs was quite entertaining. Dak Prescott showed up. I'm going to talk about that one a bit, but let's get to the mail sack. Your questions welcome. 503-250-1080, sports, non-sports. We will answer them, and we'll do it next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, we're getting some text in on something that I want to talk about. Probably not today. This is going to be in the Wednesday leftovers. Wow. Uh, but people are texting in about uh, analysts this weekend. Okay. I am done listening to Tony Romo games. Yeah, I'm out. To- I'm out on Romo. Also, Al Michaels, like, I this is going to sound ageist, like, enough. Al Michaels is bad. He's just not good anymore. He just sounds... He was asleep. That was the yeah. one of the worst broadcasts that I've ever heard in my entire life. He said the reason he sounded that way is because it was 27 nothing, And I'm like, yeah, but Al, even when they came back, you, you sounded like it wasn't a comeback. They were like going for it on four. He didn't know why they were going for two. He didn't understand what was happening after the penalty. Like yeah. that, was, that was the third largest comeback in playoff history. And he acted like he was calling a game in a library. You know, sometimes people have opportunities to go out on top. John Elway being hoist upon shoulders, pay. Peyton Manning, being Tom Brady had the chance two years ago. He should have. Hindsight, twenty twenty. Uh, well, I mean, he had a good year last year. He, he still did. had good stats this year. Um, Al Michaels is kind of reminding me of of one of my all time favorites, Marv Albert. 
Marv Albert did not go out the way a Marv Albert should have gone out in the NBA. Marv Albert was confusing every black guy as the same black guy. And, like, if you can't tell what one of the five players on a team looks like when you're sitting courtside, it's probably time to hang it up. And and Bit of an issue. It doesn't change the legacy or how I feel about them, all-time broadcasters. But it was something I was curious about going into the year when we talked about Amazon. He's damn near 80, and he admittedly – he he has a certain lifestyle, a certain diet. Like at some point, you're going to get an age where you're just not as sharp as you once were. And I, him and uh, Herb Street had awful chemistry. I don't think that's debatable. And the Romo thing, I can't believe how quickly the shines wore off on that for me. He called the Bills to one of our listeners' points. He called the Bills the champs like 15 times. If you're going to come in here and beat the cha- the champs of what? Well, I also the champs of the division. I was cocky sniffing a little bit here. So, he, did you watch the very opening for with CBS on that I think game? I missed the very opening. So, him and Jim were talking, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, Jim, I don't know why Miami's too big of an underdog here. This is going to be a really good game." When Buffalo went up seventeen nothing, I go, "That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life." I was like sitting on my couch, angrily Idiot. speaking to Tony Romo, and then they came back, and I go, "Of course, Romo was right about that." Yeah. But he's just—if you listen to it. There's not a whole lot of like. There's not a lot of nuance. It's just a lot of ooh, ah, ooh, Jim, ooh, Jim. I don't know, Jim, Jim. I don't, I don't know. know. It's a big Jim. play, Jim. Big play, go, Jim. Need to stop here, Jim. Jim. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of context and nuance that's added. And I also was reminded again this weekend. I think the most underrated broadcast. Broad. Broadcast. Broad, <laughs> I can't say the word. Who's, who's bad at their job, huh? Is it you? Is it Romo? <laughs> I'm broadcast. Say broadcast. <laughs> I can't even say that. Is uh, Burkhart and and uh, Olson? Yeah, Olson. I, I that to me it's they a good were, crew. They are awesome. Yeah. Greg Olson is great. He seems like he's having a lot of fun doing that job, and I think it also speaks to Fox paid Tom Brady like damn near four hundred million. What are we doing to be the number one? And I don't know if he's good, but I know Greg Olson's good. We watch these damn games no matter who the broadcaster is. You don't need to pay somebody five hundred million dollars to broadcast. It doesn't make any sense. I Anyways. felt I felt for Aikman and Buck last night because I think on paper you're like, oh, Dak versus Brady, Dallas on the road struggling against Tampa, who you know barely wins that garbage division. The game sucked. It was not a good game. And, and they had another significant injury late in the game, oh, too. Oh, with the gauge With the injury, gauge, yeah. and he's the got to bring a stretcher out and all that. So, uh, anyways, there you go. There's some hot broadcasting talk for you from the weekend. I also realize why I don't like Joe Davis. I think I've come to the conclusion. Joe Davis, I feel like, is a it's guy. Because he's the Dodgers broadcaster? No, it's not no. even that. He I does the Vince Gus Scully's. Johnson thing. Vince Scully was um, the all-time great. I loved Vince yes. Scully. He, I feel like Joe Davis is is an SNL character pretending to play a broadcaster. <laughs> like he's too. He's. I feel like he's a guy tr- so in character of broadcasting. It's not just like natural. Like you watch Joe Buck, really? it's just like in the flow of the conversation. Hmm. A lot of these guys just hey, welcome in. It's like hello. It's like everything has to be over the top broadcastery. It's not a word, but I'm running with it, and I, that's why I don't like him. He does. Elevate. I think he talks a lot louder than he normally talks for the whole game. Um, that being said, I I'm going the opposite route here. Now I need to be fair. I, you like Joe Davis? You big Joe Davis guy? Well, part of the shine about Gus Johnson for me is like I watched Indiana Ohio State once, and he started screaming <laughs> to the corner, two yards, and I'm like, okay, all right, don't need it. Then. Not every play is the biggest play. Joe Davis is. He's starting to sniff around in that territory he's where it's going like down those waters. Every time there's a pass of over ten yards, he's like, and he goes deep 
Oh, 12 yards. It's like <laughs> it's a first down. Okay. All he right. wants All right. the he wants the touchdown call and not <laughs> every play is a touchdown. All right, let's we've killed enough time here. Uh mail sack question. How come some other Odyssey talk shows do three 20 minute segments an hour and you guys only do four 15 minute segments an hour? <laughs> that's not my great education on the clock there. Uh, uh, we do do four segments an hour. Yeah. I that's what our boss wants to do. We do what the boss wants to do. Colin has a different clock than every show on the fan. Yeah, everybody's got different, you know, strategies and yeah. theories yep. and what's best and what's well, not. Well, ESPN Radio just redid those at the start of the year. Obviously, they changed their lineup. And some of them have four segments. Some of them have three. So some of it is, one, how much influence the particular host has over Very true. the clock. And some of it is, you know, trying to figure out the formula to increase the ratings. Uh, formatically, I just tell you, good eye or good ear, I should say, on on clock stuff. Like, that's very inside radio. But if you've listened to the fan, I don't know if we would agree that there's four 12-minute segments. There are not four. Show. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, no. there's usually one 19-minute segment, one, there's like, 11-minute segment. four 10-minute segments. One six-minute segment, one three-minute segment. That's I mean, kind of the way it goes. Just from a fundamental conversation <laughs> standpoint, I'm not... This is not a critique at our boss or our our odyssey. This is kind of an old radio thing. That idea in itself is, to me, just doesn't make sense. Hey, you have 10 minutes, four times go. Like, what? Yeah, what? Every, as a host, you kind of feel it out. And it, some segments will go longer than others because of the topic you're talking about. Right? And you want to extend the conversation instead of just shutting it down. Uh, Millsack, for Beaver fans, is this the year Wayne Tinkle gets fired? Beavs? I don't think so. I don't know if they can afford it. I don't think this year. I think he he, he will at least get one more. This is second year post Elite Eight? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Last year they were three and yeah, 30 or whatever. And they're pretty bad. I watched the end of their uh, ASU game. Yeah. Had a 16-point lead. Uh, yeah, they blew that game. Uh, look, they're just they're not good. Uh, I know we don't talk a lot of college hoops for some well, of the Duck Beaver almost entirely tur- had to turn the roster over. I but, mean that's kind of the that's kind of coaching like he his roster that he had for the Elite Eight yeah. he had a lot of those guys back they I was told they they were just real cocky sniffing like yo we're we're the big ass we went to the Elite Eight and then no accountability was held in that locker room like part of that is to be fair part of that is coaching like yeah, yeah. turn the roster over because the roster you created did not function well so you had to create a new roster so no I to answer the question I do not believe they will fire him this year I think he has at least next year, and then I I have no clue. I just know the extension, and that's not going to be cheap. They had to buy out Craig years ago, so like it's not a university that wants to have a whole lot of buyout situations going. Uh, Millsack question: You guys buy into the theory that it was Swag who was dragging down the Cowboys, and as soon as they dropped their anchor, they have now skyrocketed to success. I love the theory. They got to win more than one playoff game before we're <laughs> concluding. He dragged them down. Hey, first and... road playoff win since 1992 NFC Championship game. I was three years old the last time they won a road playoff. Well, that's because notoriously they're really good, and then they choke (laughs) at home. That's usually how that goes for them. Or Romo drops a snap in Seattle, and, you know, there's a long long history there, right? No. Uh, We will get to your fandom. No, the Buccaneers are just awful. You pissed Joe Fisher off with your fandom thing, because he's also a diehard Cowboy fan. He posted in his IG last night, like... Well, he never... Well, Cowboy fan loves to do this. Like, when their team finally wins a game, it's like, oh, 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 you Cowboy! Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm sick of that. I was like, oh, man, what is, what's Jerry going to say now? Did you see him in Tampa, what they were doing, the fans that went to that game? Well, one, it seemed like a we Cowboy home Niners. game. Yep. 
We, we they, want they the Niners. We want the Niners. Yeah. It's, we'll it's the most cowboy thing of all time. Oh, I know. But, we'll see. But Joe highlights on his Instagram. He's like, first row rent since 1992. <laughs> and I go, were you even born in 1992? <laughs> yeah, no like your Joe's like 25 life. years old. Your entire yeah. life. First Come on. When you had Settle down. What we, are we doing here? We do need to get to the fandom. We'll get to that here in a moment. A couple of more quick ones. Uh, mail sack question in our house. Every Tuesday is no TV Tuesday which basically means we unplug, we go without phones, iPad, TV for 24 hours. You usually spend Tuesday evening playing a board and card games. My question is, what are your favorite and most hated board games? I've always been a big Monopoly guy. Love Monopoly. I, I takes a it. long time, but I'm, I'm a big out. fan. That's okay. It's okay. A Monopoly takes way too long. If you want to play a good Monopoly game, there's a card version of it. A little bit quicker. Deck of cards. It's the same idea. You just have to learn how to play it. Once you do, it's actually a lot of fun. Like, at most, it takes 20 minutes. So you're playing multiple rounds of Monopoly. Uh, favorite games. That's a good one. That's a great question. 24 hours without uh, technology. That's impressive. I like playing Chameleon. You familiar with Chameleon? Not familiar with Chameleon. It's it's a pretty big lie-based game. <laughs> uh, you have to give clues, like but you have no idea if your clues are going to be right or not. And if you hit it, somebody has to guess which person of the group is lying. That one's been fun. We've had some good family board game nights with that. And then I'm going to go on Old Staple here. Uh, it's quick. It's rapid fire. I like playing some Connect Four. Okay. I'm, all, I'm in on Connect Four. Quick and easy, over in a heartbeat, you play it again. Yeah, but sometimes you get the the kind of like, uh, what am I trying to say? The Matt Damon character from uh, Good Will Hunting. Mm -hmm. You get a Will Hunting. You get somebody that just, for whatever reason, you can never beat them. I have a cousin <laughs> over, like this. Over, over. He beats me in 20 seconds no matter where I start and what I do. He's unbelievable. <laughs> he knows the math around it, where to go. Swag, favorite card and board game? Uh, Card game. Uh, I do love, it, it depends if you're in a group, obviously, yeah. you know, poker is always fun, but if it's just a couple people, uh, big cribbage fan, love cribbage is the oldest thing you've ever said on the show. It's very old of you, but I like the honesty, but I do too. Yeah. 13. Well, when you start I don't know playing how play for cribbage. money per yeah. point, then, uh, never played cribbage I've never before. played cribbage. Yeah. yeah. I'm not clowning the game. I just, I, that word. Well, the games go, I mean, you have the little old. pegboard, but the actual hands in the games go yeah. pretty quick. So it moves along. Okay. All right. Um, board game. I, don't know. I mean, I was always a fan of Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. That's not surprising. It's no, it's really not. <laughs> it's not How old were you started playing that? Like five? <laughs> well, I remember when the game first came out in the 80s. <laughs> I love it. Two more quick ones here. Uh, mail sack question. You get three-year futures. You got to buy. Who are you uh, buying? Lions or Seahawks? Ooh. That's a good one. I think you kind of always have to buy the Seahawks. And you can't oh, I think buy I'm Lions. buying the Seahawks. Yeah, I, think... I mean, they at least have a track record of winning. Yeah. They have they two got a track top record. They 12 got... picks or 20 picks, whatever. Yeah, they got draft capital. They got... So you do know. the Lions. The Lions had, you know, they got some built-in draft capital. I think I, left I over from the Stafford trade. I, I just don't believe in them, but I, I just I don't can't. know. I mean, I, I I buy into Man Campbell, but I don't know how much you can trust the Lions. The upstairs brass. Did the, you see their the post game family? by the way? In Green Bay, did you see the post game? No. So he was giving out game balls, and he gives out a game ball to a couple players, and he goes, "Finally, we got one more game ball." And I'm telling you guys, I played, I've coached, I've been in this league. Nobody cares more about you guys than so and so forth. And the old lady's right there, and she steps up, and they're like, "Yeah!" And they're, he's, he's just like, 
dousing the owner after not making the playoffs with a game ball and like, we're going the right direction. So the owner's not wondering like, yo, I thought I paid you to get to the playoffs here. Oh, man. Nobody cares more about their players in this league. And I'm like, mm. yeah, well, 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 the Patriots really. have their own plane. Um, that's that question. Last one. Best exercises to do that are beneficial for my golf game. Lower body strength. Yeah. A lot of ab core work. Core strength yeah. and flexibility. Those are your three. Lower body, core, flexibility. You do those, you hit the ball ball further. Um, all right, there you go, Millsack, every single uh, Tuesday, day 15. Let's get to the last game of Wild Card Weekend that we have not talked about yet, and that was what happened last night. And uh, the Maher thing was pretty funny. Dak balled out. What's next for Brady? And uh, how's Swag's fandom feeling? We'll dive into that coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, how about, how about it, Cowboys? They want a road playoff game. People are asking for more of our uh, Tony Romo impersonations. We'll get to more of those as the week goes on. Jim, 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 Jim. Uh, Dak Prescott balled out. He started 0 for 3 on the opening drive. And as a Cowboys minus 2.5 heavy better, I thought, why on God's green earth? Did I gamble on the Dallas Cowboys? I am an idiot. Oh, you did gamble on this game. I sprayed the line on this game. I put a hefty amount on Cowboys oh, did minus you two. Sprayed the line on this. Week? I did. Cowboys oh. two and a half. I I, I had a whole rant I, on Friday. Yeah, I was no, all I in the rant, but I yeah. dude, I felt so unsure of that game. Well, especially when he started over three and they went three and out on their first two drives. I thought I am such an idiot. Why would I trust this team? And then after the 0 for 3 start, he went 25 of 30 for 305 yards, yeah. four touchdowns. Also had seven carries for 24 yards and a rushing touchdown. Ran the ball incredibly efficiently on top of his great passing night. And they torched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The only drama in this game was that they no longer have a kicker because Brett Maher could not make an extra point. Yeah, that seemed to be the most entertaining part of this football game because Tampa completely no-showed and got their ass kicked was that Maher couldn't make an extra point and Troy Aikman was still on the broadcast <laughs> calling him for to kick a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> on fourth and short on their second drive, he just shanked an extra point, and he's like, God, kick the field goal here. Did you see Dak on the sidelines? I think it was his third or fourth missed one, and he was seen on the sidelines. He was like, what the hell? Let's effing go for two. Why are we still kicking it? Look, as a Cowboy better, the first two were I was screaming at my television and cursing right. his name. The third and the fourth were justifiably hilarious. Some people just want to watch the world burn. I'm kind of there. Like, he's going through a professional meltdown. crisis meltdown in front of 30 million people, 40 million, however many were watching that game last night. But w we were all rooting for him to miss the fourth one, were we not? Like, when you start 0 for 3, I mean, at that point, you're, uh, here's the sound of the fourth one. And now the drama of Brett Maher trying to hit an extra Joe point. Is so good. He's missed so three good. tonight, four in a row. And he has done it 
Again. They might be looking for a kicker next week. They're not. McCarthy was asked in the postgame about him. He said, we still have confidence in him. Oh, God, McCarthy, you moron. You know it's going to come down to him on a 45-yard field goal to beat the Niners and go to the championship game, right? You moron, McCarthy. And How where are they going to be on that play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, good for Dakville, man. I know, uh, you know, week 18 was rough. We killed him last week because they cost us a ton of money and some different parlays. He he bounced back in a big way. And that was he a had... no show from both sides. That team was awful. Yeah, but the whole team just, I mean, yeah, they, they it was kind of a weird scenario where you had something to play for, but not really because you didn't think the Eagles were going to lose to the Giants. They no showed as, a, as an entire team. He, he balled out, man. That was one of the best. It's, I think statistically speaking, it's the best quarterback game for Cowboy in like playoff history. When you look at like the QB rating and all that kind of stuff the numbers that went into it his epa i think is like top seven nfl history just an incredibly efficient game of of throwing the football around the field that was one of the greater games we've just seen from a stats perspective and nfl playoff history he completed 11 consecutive passes that broke a record held by uh troy aikman of course from back in you know 1994 1995 whatever season it was and now the question becomes uh, where where can the Cowboys go from here? Because I I, I think we're all in the same boat. The, the one of us being the former Cowboy fan who's saying that's great. You want a road playoff game? The Buccaneers were below 500. The Buccaneers were a horrible football team all year. This was the reason I bet on Dallas. Like I know the Brady thing is there for people, but dude, he stunk all season. That offense has been horrible all season, and I I don't know how that's just magically going to change in the playoffs. The best thing that happened this weekend is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were eliminated, and we no longer have to watch a Byron Leftwich offense. Thank God they are off our televisions until next season. But now the question becomes, like, in Dallas, uh, uh, it's hilarious the way they celebrate a playoff win like they would celebrate Super Bowls in the 1990s. Like, this was a big deal for Cowboy fan because they haven't won a road playoff game in nearly 30 or 30 years, whatever it's been. Now you got to go do it again, and you got to go do it against San Francisco because as good as you're feeling right now, if they come out and lose by two touchdowns to the 49ers, it's the same old Cowboys. Well, yeah, it is, but I, I think a big thing for them was, one, beating Brady. That mattered a great deal to them. Brady had never lost to the Dallas Cowboys in his career. <laughs> they were 0-7 all-time against Brady. And and you did. You went on the road. Look, I, I know the stat is 1992. It's not easy to win on the road, man. It's like one of the hardest things to do is winning on the road, I think, in the playoffs. And they were being doubted all week. I didn't gamble the game. If I would have, I would have bet the under, which, by the way, hit by like a half point. What was the over-under in the game? 45 and a half. Oh, was it? Yeah. So it, it hit by a half point because, well, it finished at 45. But I didn't know how to feel about either side. The one thing I had feeling going into Monday was I knew a hell of a lot of people really liked Tampa, and that kind of scared me. But I didn't know what Dallas I was getting. And that's the problem is they're Jekyll and Hyde. They're sometimes not a functional team, and other times – you're like, oh, this is why statistically you were the best offense in football this year. They looked the part. I really do believe this. I know Sam Monson came on earlier, and I, I respect Sam a great deal. He's one of the best football voices I think we have. I was not impressed with the first half by the Niners. I think if Dallas, and this is a big if, that Dallas team shows up in San Francisco, they can win the game. You got your hands full. I, I think it's going to be really tough because not only was that offense humming, let's give some credit to that defense by Dallas. They were getting to Brady. Their secondary picked him off. They created turnovers. If that's the Dallas defense you're going to get, it could be a rough day for Brock Purdy. And again, I, I just I'm not ready to conclude Brock Purdy, a third string quarterback, the last pick in the draft, is going to win the NFC. I know how good that San Francisco team is, but it just feels like they're yet again that one position away from feeling like they're unbeatable. And so I, I think Dallas Cowboy fan, you have no other choice but to go in 
chest puffed and feel like, why can't we do this? I don't blame Cowboy fan for that stance this week. That was a good win for them. They needed to get over a hurdle like that. And they dominated them. And bouncing back from that Washington performance, now we see if they can take it on the road to San Francisco in one of the more historic rivalries we get in the NFL. Now let me ask you this. Now, we're going to follow Swag's fandom all week. He has divorced the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. What happens if they win this weekend? I'm telling you, I think it's in play, and he, he may not say this on the air. I think it's in play for him to surprise us and just pick up a Cowboy hat again. <laughs> If they go to the NFC, this would be their first NFC Championship game since the last Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, 90, the 95 season. Never been, they have not been since 1995. They've never been past this point since 95. If they win this weekend, are we, are we, are we, are we questioning our decision? Because they can beat Philly. So. They can beat Philly or oh, the of Giants. Of course they can. They did beat Philly. Yeah. Right. Now, Hurst didn't play in the game that they lost. Yeah. But the game that they lost to Philly, they didn't have Dak Prescott, to yep. be fair. So That's right. No, they went each way. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's. I, it's so hard to judge based on Tampa because Tampa cannot and would not run the football at all. Tampa's an awful football They're bad. Team. They're, They're just not. So, yeah. I, you know, yes, it was, you know, for Cowboy fans to see the, Dak and them look like, you know, what you would think with that roster with all of the individual skill that they have. Uh, but defensively... I'm curious to see what happens when they decide to run right at Micah Parsons. If they can, because Leighton Vander Esch, he was back, and there was a lot of hype about that, but he was still getting knocked off the ball. I don't know, there were a couple times he would hit somebody, and he'd get driven back three or four yards before he brought him down. Oh, you think they're going to go at Micah Parsons? I would. I would. I would. Sometimes that's the way I would you pull guards. I would take tight ends. I would take Kittle and just run right at him and knock him down. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you got to do against a great pass rusher. You were reminded, like, the very opening drive of the game for Tampa. Like, dear God, Micah Parsons is so damn good, man. So he had a quarterback hurry. He got a holding call against him, like, on the very first possession. You just, Jesus, that guy's good. I, it's one thing to lose a game. It's enough, like, Tampa actually got, they got Ryan Jensen back for this game. They got their they center. Did. Their offensive line was kind of back healthy. They were playing a little bit better at the at the end of the season, you would argue. T to have that performance. Brady Dunn, would you want your team to give him a shot? I'd have to be, I'd have to be like ready made to win the whole enchilada for me to kick around the idea of it. I don't. 49ers think 49ers come up short. Let's say they lose in the NFC title game to Philly. I won't blame them at all if they make that. If you go after Brady, I mean they should have did it the first time. They dismissed it. I dismissed it. I, I'm an idiot. They probably have a Super Bowl right now if they went I, after him. I would imagine they probably do. I think that team was pretty ready made, um, and they came damn close against the Chiefs. I, I think if you're the Jets, yeah, I think you're a team like that. You got to. I, I know he was not Tom Brady. I think he's kind of what LeBron is now. These these two guys that are they're friends, they respect each other's like legends. I think they're kind of at the same point in their careers, despite the age difference. LeBron is he's averaging the most points per game since he turned thirty eight, the most assists, the most rebounds. He's now the all time leader of most forty five plus points after the age of thirty eight in NBA history. But he's not being, he's not able to carry a team the way he could, right? Like Cleveland's teams were so bad, he could take them to the finals. He can't do that anymore. I think that's kind of what Brady is. Brady's still a good player, but if you're not ready to go in the right positions, your defense isn't sharp, I don't think you're winning anything. I think he's still good. I think he's still effective. So if I'm the Jets, if the Niners lose this weekend, Trey Lance, you're still uncertain about. Like I don't I won't blame any of those teams 
that have the talent if they still roll the dice on Brady next year. I feel like you're one person away. Uh, I think he's playing. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, well, he's for sure still playing. He basically uh, said thanks to Tampa, but he didn't. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound like he's sniffing around. Oh, he gone. He ain't returning to Tampa. Byron Leftwich is a bad offensive coordinator. He's awful. That's, the timing with his wide receivers is bad. You can't divorce your wife or lose your marriage and your family and only play like seven games after Get that. Smoked by the Cowboys and then retire. No. You, you got to give it no. a go around one more time. He open mouth kissed <laughs> his dad again. Like I think he's he's bringing he's. Coming right back. He did. He French kissed his dad after the games. Uh, so back to back text. Somebody said, as a Cowboy fan, I'm asking that Swag, please stay off the wagon. And then another <laughs> one. Can you, you can hear it in Swag's voice. He wants to go back so bad. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. They take on the 49ers. We'll have more on that game, uh, obviously, in the coming shows. Hey, the Blazers got a sweep over the weekend. They are back in action. Plus, poll questions. We'll wrap it up there next on the fan. All right, we got some poll questions up. Let's take a look at the re- responses so far. Uh, and I asked this one, and I I do think it's a complicated one to answer because of the way two teams are limping into their game. Uh, but which division around game are you most excited for? I um, is it easily Bengals Bills because both the way that they both played this last weekend, I I think I'm more excited for Cowboys 49ers than I am Bengals and Bills. And if I would have told you that two weeks ago, I would have called myself an idiot. I'm probably at a tie with those. If you made me pick, I'd lean Bengals Bills because you just don't get Burrow Allen matchups. And I know there's way more that goes into a football game than just that. And we're kind of conditioned to do the quarterback versus quarterback thing. I I think I would lean Bengals Bills, but Niners Cowboys is, you know, it's a one A one B thing for me. I, I really think the Cowboys can win this weekend. Um, I'm taking them on the four. That's not going to change all week. I don't care. That's a field goal game to me. I think Brock Purdy's going to throw a costly interception. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's slight Bengals Bills with a very, very close Niners Cowboys. Can't wait to buy you a Brock Purdy jersey after he wins the Super Bowl. It's going to be great. Well, yeah. What do you do there? There's a I lot mean, of teams he, with quarterback uncertainty. I don't know what the Niners do if they do the. If, if they he do wins, this thing you got. I mean, he's got to be your guy. Why? You drafted Trey Lance. You traded he, everything for Trey Lance. He just won a Super Bowl. Your he, first Super Bowl since 1994. And you're going to sit his ass on the bench for Trey what Lance. What did they trade? Two or three first round picks for I, Trey Lance. Matter, like, man. You trade multiple. I'm trading first. his ass too. Who wants Trey Lance? He's up for grabs in the open market. I, I mean, got Brocktober, nice, yeah, baby. God. Rookie contract. So when you watch him, Mr. Relevant, I, maybe I'm just biased the wrong way here. Uh-huh. When you watch him play, you really see like something truly unique and special and franchise like. Because I just, I'm seeing the big plays. I'm watching these throws. I'm seeing him, you know, shoestring escapability. He's like a defensive lineman. Pete Carroll on the defense. How the hell did we not get him down more? Yeah, he's slippery. He's slippery. I get it. I see that. I, I, I just I'm not seeing the connection here. Well, look, the the reality is the majority of it is because of the team, the roster, the coach. Like that, that's 85 percent of his success is because of who he's playing for. Uh, but I also give them credit that if they're smart enough to build that level of talent and you find the quarterback that makes it work, like the, Garoppolo held them back. He he was bad in playoff losses. He was bad in the Super Bowl. Like he's he's not an elite quarterback. Um, He's also one just one throw away from them winning yeah. the Super Bowl, which is nuts. Which is why I think you can get there with if you can get there with Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is maybe a 16th best quarterback in the NFL. You can get there with Brock Purdy. That's a crazy thing. The other part of it is like I I, I don't know where the 49ers are going to go, but their numbers since he took over have improved across the board. 
Well, is from it, where they were offensively with Jimmy G? That's my pushback. Is it him or is it the McCaffrey has unlocked an offense? McCaffrey's a big part of it, sure, but let's not act like Jimmy hasn't had great weapons the last two, three years to work with, and their points per game is up almost like eleven points per game. Yeah. Passing yards are up, efficiency is up, turnovers are down. Like almost every offensive number is better. McCaffrey's a big part of that. I, I th- see, and that's that's where I would differ from you. Is yes. But I think it's McCaffrey. Trent Williams was asked about this in the postgame, and he basically said, I think the best offensive mind got a Debo Samuel piece, and he got Christian McCaffrey. And Brock's getting a lot of the love, but I, I think it's more Christian McCaffrey than it is Brock Purdy. Uh, we didn't get to it. Blazers won two games over the Mavs. Uh, we will have, we'll talk about them tomorrow. They're in Denver tonight. Big game tonight. Big game tonight, Huge. man. Six o'clock tip. They're a six and a half point dog. Are we. Are we feeling motivated? Are we feeling encouraged? Are we thinking here comes the old Blazers back again? They're healthy, and GP2 adds a, a wrinkle to their team that they've desperately needed. I think this game's close. I don't know if they win. It's kind of been a bit of a bugaboo for them in Denver. Dame's riding the heater, too. He played really well this weekend. Had a big game Saturday. Dame is, or Danny has told me behind the scenes, Dame is feeling as confident and cocky as he maybe has ever felt in his career. He's looking at, right now on the court, so look for another big nine for him. They're in Denver, big one. The Nugs are, are they still first in the West? 30 and 13, they gotta be, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. There you go. Good little show. If you missed it, go check the podcast, 1080thefan.com. After it and Sprague and at 1080thefan. Sam Onsen was our guest of Pro Football Focus. A lot of wildcard breakdown. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of our Tuesday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. Listen to 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.